All right, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe where we serve you delightful, slightly intense, but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast focused on bringing people together by drinking, listening, and conversing. So grab your favorite drink and let's see what's on today's menu. All right, people, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe. You know, here the cafe, we always have a conversation centered around a drink. And today I am drinking on wine, people of all things. And it's pretty nasty. It's pretty sweet. What is this? Rose? Is this what this is? I think so, right? Yeah. Not that great. All right. So I'm your host, Sean. And today, guess what? I am actually joined in the same location by Denise. Say hello, Denise. Hello. And what are you drinking on over there, man? Rose. Rose. All right. So are you excited? First and foremost, this is your first time actually being in this new space that I created over there for the for the guests. And how do you feel sitting over there, madam? It actually feels pretty comfortable. Nice little couch. You gotta be a nice little couch. You can't just be a nice couch. Nice couch. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so you know, at least my back is all straight. So you can't do nothing for minorities. I tell you, boy. All right. So, um, but it feels better to sit in that little corner in your little apartment. It does actually. Exactly, you don't like the way it feels, do you? <laughs> I actually like my little corner, so don't uh-huh. talk about my corner. All right, so you can't see, but we actually have a guest in the corner who is going to listen to this so he can decide which side he actually believes is accurate, depending or assuming <laughs> that Denise and I are not on the right side or on the same side. All right, so this is episode 86. Episode 86 is Stab My Neighbor or Protect It Myself. All right, so Denise, you kind of want to give the opening of how this starts off? So it actually starts with, as all of they do, right, with the emergency call, so the 911 call. Um, and we hear a gentleman say, I just slit my neighbor's throat. I need some help out here. And it, like the operator kind of like, did I hear that right? <laughs> I mean, she didn't really say it that way, but she's like, what is it that she said? Could you repeat that repeat or that. something like mm-hmm. that? And he said, um, I need some help. I slit my neighbor's throat. Okay. And where are we? We are in Oakville, Illinois. Oakville, right? O-K-A-W-V-O-K-A-V-I-L-L-E. Oakville. I've never heard of it. Me neither. I'm pretty sure it's not near Chicago. Oh, I don't know. No, not the way that looked. All right. And do you remember what year? <laughs> you I mean, remember? it did look like a little, you know. Exactly. You know what year this was? No. Did well, they, they didn't say it, say? right? No, I don't think I they don't did. think so. But they had, but they did wear masks. So it had to be during COVID because when they went to I court. I didn't even realize they wore well, masks. Well, it had to be 2018 because when they were in court, remember the lawyer said it's been right. two years and they had the mask on. So it was doing COVID. So I'm assuming that it had Maybe to be somewhere between 2018 to 2019. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then we pan to meet the defense lawyer. The defense lawyer name is Winston Throgmorton. Something. He looks like Jerry Springer to me, like a younger Jerry Springer. He, thought he did look like Jerry Springer. <laughs> didn't he? Um, and he is in Marlin, Marlin, Illinois, right? Yes. Which I don't know how far that is. I'm from Ockerville. And what he says is that um, John has been charged. Initially, he was charged with 
attempted murder. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that was reduced down to aggravated battery, which mm-hmm. is a class three felony in um, Illinois that carries a sentence of up to five years. Um, he also was charged with reckless conduct, which yes. is a class A misdemeanor mm-hmm. um, with a time of up to 364 days in jail. Now, let me ask this question because, you know, I love to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Do you know the significance of that number? No. We've talked about this on many episodes. I'm sure we've had. Sometimes I can't even remember my own name. So do you want to just go ahead and enlighten yes, us again? Yes, because <laughs> if it's over three, if it's 365 days or more, then it goes to prison. But 364 days, you stay in the local jail. So did he say 364? Because I wrote 365. Well, that's because you think it's 365 days of the year. But what the Class A felony gives him up to the the max he can do. I mean, the Class A misdemeanor, the max he can do is 364. Okay. Um, And then he was also charged with aggravated assault, which is also a Class A um, Mm -hmm. misdemeanor, 364 days. Um, Wait, so do you want to tell us what those oh, 364 class A days. mean? It's just a level. So A, B, C. Um, a is the highest? Mm, it depends. It really depends on the jurisdiction. But mm-hmm. typically, yes, because because this one, the highest amount of days that you could be in jail is 364. So it, it shows that it's a higher. Gotcha. So class C misdemeanor may be something dealing with driving, right? Mm, okay. Um, or something like that. All right. So we did meet John and his wife, Kathy, right? They've been together 14 years. I don't know why they want us to know that. Um, and they're also taking care of their grandchildren. Again, I don't know what relevance that is. Did, did that that it would affect, you know, he's taking care of the grandchildren. I think it's important because if he goes to, what is it? He's going to jail or he's going to prison? Well, if he gets convicted of the aggravated battery prison. So if he goes to prison the care is going to solely depend on Kathy. But they only get them on, on certain weekends. Not They don't take yeah. care of them fully. But still. That's my cat trying to get in. Keep going. <laughs> so um, I think that's why they, they kind of said that. And I think that the 14 years wasn't necessarily to show us how long they've been married because it kind of made it seem like they were just telling us they've been married but living in that place for 14 years. Okay. So I think that's the importance of the 14 years that they've been in that place for that long. All right. So then we kind of learn a little bit more about what happened that precipitated the phone call to 911. Mm -hmm. Um, So the lawyer, right? Mm -hmm. Throgmorton. Throgmorton tells us kind of what happens according to his understanding of the facts. The defendant and two additional neighbors Mm -hmm. plus Tim force, right? So the defendant in this particular case is John Deniff or Denif is D-E-N-E-E-F. I don't know how to pronounce that. Denif. And then the victim in this particular case is Tim Force. Right. Um, so John was at Tim's house along with two other neighbors. They all were drinking, having fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. The two neighbors who happen to be husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend leaves, right? Right. And then <clears throat> what I understand from them is that um, Tim and John are standing there still drinking and shooting right. the shit at the table. But apparently, Tim start, there's a conversation that starts talking about Tim's impending divorce. Right. So he's supposed to be getting divorced. Um, and so John basically says something to him of the fact that you didn't treat her right or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that caused Tim to then go into the kitchen, right. get a butcher knife. And according to the attorney, it comes out, jab it towards 
um, John, John, who kind of knocks it out of the way, sort of. And then John, t- excuse me, Tim comes back, jab it again. And then John defends himself and somehow slits the guy's throat. Right. Um, so, um, and so what we're ending up with is a, a claim of self-defense from John. Right. right. It makes it just makes you think, like, how did it get from him trying to, like, jab at you to you slicing his throat? Like, slicing the throat to me is doing, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just trying to picture it without with what you just said. And it's like... How did you get up to his throat to be able to do that? I mean, when I was watching the whole <clears throat> episode, that's the whole thing. I was like, what the fuck? What are y'all talking about? Like, what what happened? Like, what was yeah, the argument? Like, like, how far is the kitchen from the table? Like, what was going on? And if you I saw mean, how him, far is his neck to you? Because he would really, truly have to be, you know, like, I don't know. But they were drinking. Yeah, that's true. And they were drinking for hours, apparently. Yeah. Um. So... Anyhow, the victim does not die. No. And so he has a severe, I guess. Wound, wound. it says. But one thing that irritated me about this is that we didn't see any pictures of the wound. We did not. We just saw the blood, the pictures of the blood in the bathroom thing. But that, I mean, do you want to see a picture of a wound? Yeah, because I want want to know how. How how bad it bad was it, from it was. where yeah because yeah. apparently if it was just a nip or if it was truly because I mean you know he did walk out the house walk across the street and yeah contact his neighbor I mean but there was a lot of blood so if you just were to assume based on the blood you would think it was deep and the lawyer did say what would truly have happened if you would have done it a little bit more deeper yeah but the lawyer could just be talking out his fucking neck Ooh. because i don't see no evidence of that where's the picture yeah, yeah. don't even know how deep they didn't even show the the victim actually exactly all right so then john comes in and talks to his lawyer you want to kind of tell the stories does it kind of line align with the lawyer with what the lawyer said i think it does i think that um he basically just said that day he was working at the barn he decided to do what he does you know a lot of times which is go to the neighbor's house which is tim's house um, and then the other two neighbors had joined and they were discussing, like you mentioned, the divorce that Tim was going to to experience that he was going through. And then Tim started, I guess, talking bad about the wife, saying that the whole divorce situation or the problems they were having was because of her. And John apparently said, Tim, I hate to tell you, but I told her to move out. And that's when Tim got upset and said, you're sleeping with my wife and went into the kitchen and grabbed the knife. All right. So this is why, A, people, you stay out of other people's business. Okay. (laughs) All right. But but they have been friends for many years, though. Okay. Again, you know, I've been in a situation where friends think they're part of the relationship and think they have a say-so in the relationship and don't know what the That's fuck true. is going on because they're not involved in every single thing and every single argument. And they only can know what either the, the friend of the uh, in the relationship is telling them because they're not there 24 hours a day. Okay? That's true. So this is a, a prime example of why people need to stay out of other folks' business and let them navigate through it. Now, certainly... If John, I mean, Tim was saying, you know, this bitch, this, that, and the third, uh, John could say, yo, 
you know, I know, I know both of them. I know both of y'all. I don't really feel comfortable with you talking about her like that, but it didn't come off that way. Yeah. Um, okay, but do what do you think about the allegation that John was sleeping with? I don't think it was true. I think they were just, you know, I think that what bothered him was that John admitted to him, one, he's been having conversations with, with her, you know, about the situation. Which is a little odd, but go ahead. Why is it odd? They've been, you know, they've been friends for for a while. It goes back to what you said, right? This is why friends shouldn't be in a relationship. So what you allow is how far the person is going to go. So they must have allowed John to really truly be in that relationship for John to be able to have these type of conversations with her. So I think that's what bothered Tim. I guess what bothered me about it is that John didn't say my wife and I had a conversation with your wife. It just seems it seems a little odd that the wife is so. talking to John and not the uh, the wife of John. I, I see where you're coming from. I just don't see it that way. You but know, Tim probably saw it that way. Possibly. But again, I think what bothered him is that John took it to the extremes of telling her to move out. So that in Tim's mind, he's probably intoxicated is, oh, you want her to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's why you're telling her to leave. You're sleeping with her. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, but that's why you should stay out of people's fucking business. But again, that's that's you. That that's because they've allowed him to get to that point. Because if you put a stop to it, if you don't involve other people in your relationship, they wouldn't even have the nerve to actually say stuff like that to you. Right. But if you allowed it, you know, it's gonna happen. And I think that's what happened in this case. True. Okay. So, um, okay, but, but what about the attack, though? The other lawyer said, okay, let's go back to what you said that Tim said. Did you sleep with her? I know he did. <laughs> I mean, because that's a relevant, that is a relevant, yeah, relevant yeah. factor, because then it could be, uh, the provocation could be warranted at that right. particular point. All right, so, um, but John says that when he comes and jabbed the knife, butcher knife, at him he knocks his hand off right mm-hmm. and then they get into a tussle right and then he tries to move him and then accidentally slice or cut him right right that's what he says and yes. then he says that he goes into the bathroom um tim goes into the bathroom walks out goes out the door and right. then that's when john calls the police right right all right so <clears throat> Then that pans into, well, I, I do think it's important. So unlike Florida, which we talked about a case in Florida mm-hmm. where you have the stand your ground law, Illinois does not have a stand your ground law. And so what's the significance of that in the regards to this case? Did you remember? Is that when he mentions the, the fact that now they have to prove that it was the self-defense? No, anytime, anytime a defendant raises self-defense, it's the burden always shifts to the defendant. Oh, then no, I don't know. I wrote no stand that Illinois didn't have the no stand your ground, but I didn't write nothing else. Yeah, so the the difference between the two. So if it was a law, um, if it was a jurisdiction where there was a stand your ground law available, that means that if you do something to me in my particular area, I have the right to defend whatever that is mm. at whatever cost it means. So that means that if I felt that you need to get out and you wouldn't get out, and I kill you, then I have the right to stand my ground, essentially, right? Gotcha. Because you are invading that particular space. But in, in jurisdictions where there 
is no such law similar to a stand your ground law. You typically have a duty to retreat. So in other words, before you can mm-hmm. assert self-defense, you have to make sure that you try to remove yourself from the threat. And if there's an opportunity for you to remove yourself from the threat, you need to remove yourself. Now, I will argue if I was on the other side, the prosecution, that definitely John had the opportunity to to remove himself because when he moved his hand, he didn't right. say that Tim immediately came right back. He could have went out the door, left, retreated, but he didn't do that. He stayed there, right? Yeah. And then the other piece of that with those jurisdictions that are um, don't have stand your ground, not only do you have a duty to retreat, but the level of response needs to be proportionate to that which is coming to you. So for instance, if in fact I had a small fingernail file, mm-hmm. you know how you have the little sharp piece, right? Yeah. And I point it to you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you take off your gun and you shoot me. Uh, the level of your quote, quote unquote self-defense is disproportionate to what I have. So more likely than not, you would not be able to use self-defense as a defense. If you did, you more likely than not would lose because the the what you did to me is disproportionate to what I was doing to you. Does that make sense? It does. It does. But as a juror, right, if you're coming to me and you're saying, let's say there was that stand your ground, right? No, you said that the, because there's no stand the ground, he has to... What is the retreat portion again? He got to try to get away. And to me, he did. Because when he came at him, he said he's, he actually did like this to his hand to stop him. And he got up. Because remember, he shows that he actually got up. So what you expecting him to run out the room? Yes, that's what you're supposed to do. You, you need to remove yourself from the threat. Yeah, but that's a reaction. Like I, I hear you. But the elements of what your self-defense oh, is, wow. is that you have to be able to show either that there was no opportunity for you to retreat. Um, but I think there was an opportunity for him to retreat. They both were drunk. It seemed like they were, one was staggering. And then we also remember, I mean, we're, we're jumping, but remember the one neighbor that they talked to, the neighbor said, John could have snapped the guy in two if he really wanted yeah. to. So he had an opportunity to, to retreat in my, in my, re, in my. Re- I kind of say he didn't. Okay, that's fine. Adding the fact that they were intoxicated. You know, in the right mind, yeah, maybe he would have ran. But under, you know, having the drinks that they may have had, because he, he said he'd been there since 4 to 5, 4 p.m. to 5 and p.m. It, and it sounds like they do this regularly. So that's, but their tolerance could be very high. That's true. That's true. Because <laughs> he seemed like he could put back a couple of. Um, I don't know. I think that he, I think that him actually doing like that with his hand to me was him trying to retreat, you know, like get out of there. Assuming that's what he did. Right. <laughs> because the only one that's hurt <clears throat> is Tim Frog. And that's course. another thing that I keep thinking. You know, they, they keep saying that Tim came to him. But it's like they don't make it clear. Did it make contact? I don't think so. Uh, no. He said, he said that he just jab, jabbed a knife at him. Towards but how him. do you jab a knife towards a person and don't, like, don't nip the person, you know? Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it was as close as... John was making, was making it. it seem. I think the guy probably had a butcher knife. Was like, "Bitch, you sleep with my wife," and, and was doing this from a distance. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. they were. That would course, make more sense because they didn't course. mention that you know it touched or it made any type of wound or anything. Yeah. All right. So then we get to the point where this this episode is going to be short because ain't shit happened. 
Um, well, a lot of things happen. Remember that before you get there, yes. you know, they also fear the fact, not fear, but they mention both him and the wife that, you know, it's made an impact where, you know, now they feel like people are looking at them as like the criminals, you know, so they've retreated themselves from family not not, fa- not necessarily family but from the friends that they had in the community so that could be traumatic you know <laughs> i think the only thing is traumatic is that he can't go across the street and drink for five hours with tim like he used to because they what what other friends mentioned they mentioned but that's the thing they may have lost a lot of friends because of this oh my god who cares and that's, that's why problem. they didn't mention it because for both of them to have mentioned it i get it if only he would have mentioned it he's mentioning it just to bring some type of oh i'm so sorry that this has happened to you but they both mentioned it and you can kind of tell the emotion on the wife you know the fact that she feels like people are looking at her labeling her as the wife of the criminal because everybody has chosen instead of waiting proven until you know what is it proving innocence what is it um innocent guilty to proven until guilty proven innocent no innocent until oh. proven guilty <laughs> you know i changed the law <laughs> i think that instead of waiting for that the community has already labeled them as you know to be fair he is the only one that slices one's throat <laughs> i mean let's be fair here Okay. Well, you will be part of that community that is turning their backs on them because of the situation. No, because I probably would think both of them are drunks and this is what happens. But that's not what you're thinking today. Well, because I think he's full of bullshit, but <laughs> I don't think it happened as as um, as he made it appear. All right. And I don't think the evidence really matches with it. So we'll talk a little bit about yeah. the evidence. All right. So the lawyer then gets crime scene photos, right? Yes. And there's a the, the crime scene photos seem to substantiate mm-hmm. that Tim, the victim, was hurt fairly badly. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of photos of, of blood, yeah, yeah, yeah. They took pictures of guns and things of that nature, which there's no allegations that anyone tried to pull a gun. So right. I don't know why all that is there, but putting that aside. Um, but I think that could be used for the prosecution, right? That if I was the prosecution, the fact that Tim could not get to his guns indicated that John A, either overpowered him or B, caused too much damage for him to even try to get to his gun to then um, do his own level of self-defense. So but why not really go for the gun? You know, if he's truly wanting to, yeah. Right. Um, and then, but what what was not in the photos though? The knife that Tim supposedly the used. butcher knife. So there was no photograph of the knife and no one could find the knife or describe what the butcher knife purportedly looked like. Right. Which to me seems to be a little odd because if in fact John told them yeah. that he had come to me with a butcher knife, it would make sense that the crime scene mm-hmm. investigators would... Have found something. Have found something, took a picture of it. But... The defense lawyer's position was that it was a shoddy investigation. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, given the fact that there was like a hundred photographs on the table. It seems like they photographed every fucking thing, including the the little cloth that they were using for the for his neck and all of that. And they took a picture of John's knife, right? They took a picture of John's knife. Yeah. And it wasn't that large. No. No, it was like a pocket knife. Yeah. It wasn't that big. Um, And so... Because there were some concerns that there was no knife, 
they felt that that would potentially Hurt him. limit their defense. So what they did, the defendant did, was hire a private investigator so that they can go and try to find some additional evidence. Um, what additional evidence do you think the investigator uncovered that you thought was helpful? Um, the, I think two things. The fact that there was a video surveillance, mm-hmm. however you call that, of because some of the statements that Tim was making was that John had left a certain point of them drinking and then had come back and when he came back that's when he when he attacked him. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that he uncovered, right? The the cameras didn't show John ever leaving the house. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I think that he found was the was he a volunteer firefighter? He was a rescue, the first responder. The first responder. Um, the first person that actually made it to the scene uh, mentioned that Tim gave three different stories of what actually happened. So right. I think he found, you know, so good stuff. And we'll talk about that. But before we talk about that, what about the video of T- John's interrogation after being arrested? Do you think that comported with the story that he told his lawyer. Yeah, I think it did. No, it didn't. That's why they called him back in. Remember in the video, he says, so when he was interrogated after being arrested, John says that he went around the house around four or five to Tim's house. Right. Um, and he said, I, I probably got out of line saying some stuff to oh, him I right. shouldn't have said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tim got upset, went into the kitchen, came back with a knife, jabbed at him. And all he could do, meaning John, all he could do was push his hand out the way, right? Brush him away. John says that he thinks he hit Tim on the shoulder. So in other words, on the right shoulder, on the right shoulder, he think think he stabbed him on the right shoulder. But all the evidence knows that's inaccurate because there there's absolutely no wounds or anything on the shoulder. Um, And then he says that he was able to get to his pocket knife, and that's when he took the pocket knife and he did like this and his motion was of a stabbing motion like going downward right whereas what he told his lawyer was that as he was kind of pushing him away he kind of moved this way and it accidentally sliced him so those two things and those two motions are totally different one is more intentional versus the other is i'm moving trying to get you away from me right um and so and then the deputy asked him well did you stab or slash him and um john said stabbed and like kind of went downward right so again because that's closer in time to the events right arguably if i was the lawyer the prosecution what i'm going to argue is is that because that was closer in time to the events of what happened it's more likely than not that that's a true story because he's remembering right after versus after you've gotten out of jail being able to talk to your lawyer and being able to reconstruct mm-hmm. kind of what happened right so typically and and lawsuits particularly i, I do civil i don't do criminal and i don't i do crim, don't do criminal for a reason a because most most criminal lawyers don't get paid enough okay really? you got to have good you have to have those high level civil cases civil gets paid more than criminal typically yes and b i don't feel like dealing with um with the riffraff. With these type of cases? Yes. Okay. So, um, but putting that aside, typically most lawyers will argue that a story that is told closer in time is more likely than not truer to the events because it had just happened, right? Versus 13 months later, 16 months later, 
it's more likely than not memories fade because most people don't remember what they did yesterday, let alone 14 months later, right? Um, and so that's how a lot of lawyers, particularly when you go into depositions and you get people to admit, well, that was in closer in time to the event, right? And the, the person will more likely to not say yes. And so you can use that as evidence to show that this after the fact story is more likely than not, not true, right? This is why I don't want to be a juror. Why? Because you said all of that, right? Mm -hmm. But in my head, what I'm thinking is I would be more inclined to believe what he told the lawyers based on the wound that the person had versus what he said when he was being interviewed. Why? Because if you're telling me you stabbed, to me, stabbing is you're doing like this. So mm -hmm. the wound wouldn't be necessarily a slit. Well, we, Whereas, we, we didn't see the wound, but go ahead. Yeah, but well, you mentioned a slit. Come on now. A he slit said is a slit. slit. He said slit. But a slit is a slit. <laughs> you no, know, what no, else no. is there? Well, but, mm -hmm. let me finish, sir. But a slit, to me, is it would be, what is it? Not easier, but it would be, um, what's the word? Like it's Cleaner? No, not cleaner, but it would be, it would make more sense that he slid it if he was truly doing like this because the guy is over him. So he could have just accidentally done like that. Whereas if you're stabbing, you're not doing, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but as a juror, you mean to tell me that if I put a video in front of you yes. showing that that's what I'm saying. Please don't showing, call me as a juror. Showing the defendant doing <laughs> the hand motion of stabbing down, I was that you are going to ignore the fact that yeah. that just happened less than six hours ago, and and focus on what he has talked to his lawyer about and came up with this story. Is that bad? Yes. Well, that's probably why I've never been called. And every time I'm being called, they actually cancel me. What the me. fuck? That's Doesn't it make sense, though? Possibly. Possibly. Please write this down because, because I'm sure that I'm right Possibly. here. <laughs> and even, even the other defense lawyer, Nathan Rowland, specifically said... Oh, John claims that he stabbed him on the shoulder, but we all know there's no shoulder wound. So why would anyone even believe but this is that, why he was, that he was um, been attacked? Go ahead. There's so many mistrials because they, they find jurors like me that I would be. I don't care what the lawyers are saying. I'm going more on. Let me see the wound. I'm pretty sure they had to show them pictures. They may not have shown us. But I'm pretty sure they had to show, if they go to trial, don't they have to show them pictures to kind of see? Do they have to show them? No, it's not required to show them. But I'm, sh I'm, I'm assuming, A, they're going to call him. Right. Right. Who, he, the Tim guy? Yeah. So he can show his wound. Right, 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 right. Right. Um, and if they took pictures, I'm assuming they took pictures at the hospital, then yes, they can put that into evidence. Now, certainly... If I'm on the other side, though, and I felt like that wound, the picture of the wound is prejudicial, then I'm going to argue to the judge that the jury shouldn't see this because it's going to prejudice my my client. But if you put him in the stand, if I can't see the pictures, you know, if it was me, I would be looking at that wound from two years earlier. Yes. To see exactly how, what it looks like. Well, that's, Again, I tell you that's why we would call a nurse as a uh <laughs> As a, as a test to as an expert witness to say how wounds heal and so it's not going to be the same it don't matter but still you know 
right. So, uh, anyhow, so um, then the investigator, that's when the investigator goes, I guess where the shit really hit the road in this particular case, because I, I really think this case was stupid. Um, I don't think so. I, I think the episode was a waste of time, but... Um, you think that of anything after season one? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's true, though. Season one, I think, has been their best season. Yes, their best season. season. Yeah. All right. So then the investigator does go and speak to the responder, the first responder. Mm-hmm. The first responder says that um, within a time frame of, of an hour, right. that Tim told three different stories of what happened. Mm-hmm. The first one, first story was that Tim said John and his wife had an affair. Mm-hmm. John had left the house came back with a knife and stabbed him. And that's where you talked about the CCTV right. video from the neighbor where it shows that no one ever left. Now, here's the other thing on that. Okay. I get what they were trying to get at, but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that he left in a car to go to his house. He could have had a knife or anything on the porch and just went out the front door because you don't see the front door. All you see is a portion of the driveway and a portion of the, the street and the right. house seems to be a little further back. So for me, that wasn't really important. I agree. Um, for me, from a just looking at it from an evidentiary standpoint, it didn't really matter to me. Um, because that's his area. That's his you know, he could have had stuff stashed around there for for various reasons. Yeah. So it didn't ring a bell with me or it didn't persuade me one way or the other. But then the the first responder responder said that he heard um, Tim tell the paramedic while they were going to the hospital that um, John was trying to dance with him and that is how it all happened. I don't know what that meant. Me neither. I was now, like, dance? Like, I, what? It, dance can mean two different things, like physically trying to dance or, you know, some people say dance meaning fight. So it could be an old school way of saying, mm. let's dance, you know. Probably. Uh, if I was a prosecutor, that's what I would argue that meant. Okay. If, and look, if as the, a juror, I would if be the, like, if the statement was coming in, okay. And then third, the third story was, according to the first responder, he heard John. Excuse me, he heard Tim tell G, the nurses at the hospital that John was trying to do homosexual activities with him, and mm-hmm. that's how it kind of happened. Right. So that when you heard that, how did that? What did that make you? What did that do for you as a quote unquote juror? Tim is lying. His account of the events is not what actually happened. And he's trying to hide whatever happened. But I would agree with you that if you were trying to introduce that first story, I wouldn't have necessarily gone by that because if you if you notice when John was showing us where Tim lives, he never showed where the other neighbors lived. Right. So that video could have just shown a portion and not necessarily how John would truly get to his home. Correct. And it was dark. And it, and wasn't, it was really dark. Yeah. yeah. So, so I wouldn't really have believed that one, which was close to what he's been saying, right? Because he's been saying that he was sleeping with his wife. He left and came back. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But the other two, Tim, you're trying to hide something. You really probably, you know, went at him. So do you think that those statements would come in, though? Wouldn't that be hearsay? Don't you think? Oh, yeah. I don't think they would have allowed them. Why? Because for one, the second story, he just heard it. So I think that shouldn't they have bought the people he truly said it to? No, because you you are trying to get the statement of the 
of Tim. So it doesn't matter. He heard Tim. It would be different if the paramedics came and told the first responder what Tim told them. That's another layer. But he heard Tim tell the paramedics. Oh, then they would have done all three. They would have bought all three. Potentially, right? Right. So, arguably... But that would have sealed the deal for me, too. Yeah, but I would have argued, for me... What would happen in your argument? Let me the, see if I would have The, the argument for me is that it shouldn't be be brought in, right? But what if it's brought in? Well, first of all, it's not going to be brought in because when I argue, I'm going to win. Okay? <laughs> what if it's brought in, though? So, first of all, it's hearsay. It's not going to be brought in. But... If it is brought in, then here's what I'm going to say to you, okay? Listen, <clears throat> my Tim really thought that John was trying to do some improper stuff with him. And as a man, he felt embarrassed about it. And so for him, the concept was is he's just going to tell any story just to make it seem like it was something random. Nah, innocent. Because, again, the story the entire time has been John slept with my wife. So why are you now changing it? Yeah, I don't know why he would. I, so as a juror. Well, first of all, would that be brought in? The only way that would be brought in is if I put Tim on the stand. Okay. But prosecution may want to bring Tim to the stand. Yeah. And I can ask a very simple question to avoid them getting into that those topics because it needs to be within the scope of direct. I would say to him, I would ask him, Tim, were you drinking with John? Yes, I was. Okay. And when you were drinking with John, at some point in time, did John attack you? Yes. And as a result of that attack, did you have to go to the hospital and get stitches? Yes. Okay. Then I'll call the nurses in to talk about the extent of the wound. At that point, we're not talking about why it happened. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day... At the end of the day, we know that John was the only one in there. John is the one who had the pocket knife. We only have photographic evidence of John's pocket knife. And so that's all I'm going to stuff down the jury's throat. All this other stuff is irrelevant. It's a, it's a, it's a red herring. The bottom line is, is that this guy stopped this guy. He claimed self-defense. There is no knife. There, no one can produce a knife. But see, as a juror, I would be like, in my head, I would be like, I can't wait until the defense attorney gets up there and really cross-examines Tim because I really want to know why he did <laughs> You didn't give me nothing. Yes. All right. So then the other thing is, that, which I don't think will come in, mm-hmm. the evidence from the ex-wife where she was talking about, okay, he has a temper and yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, right. I don't think that will come in because that would be improper character evidence. And this particular crime is not one where character is at the heart of the crime. So I will argue that um, it's prejudicial because what the what the defense is trying to argue is is that because Tim may have popped off with his wife before for whatever reason, that he has a propensity to pop off on every situation to create drama. So I think her particular testimony would not come in. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know more than I do, right? But I think that having brought her in would have been more to prove one she was not not having no type of affair with john you know that could have bought this to could have made him and when i say him i mean tim want to actually you know do that and it would have introduced the fact that tim is a liar but why because he lied about all this yeah but he doesn't need 
forensic evidence that John was sleeping with his wife. He could believe, firmly believe to this day that John and his wife were sleeping together. <laughs> I don't know. Her, her saying, no, I didn't have an affair. Why does that make her more believable than Tim? She could be having an affair. Because don't want nobody to know. She's the one that was in the center of the problem. Exactly. She don't want nobody to know she having an affair with the neighbor. And she don't want the neighbor's wife to know that she having an affair with her husband. The hell? Well, the defense actually thought she was going to be a good witness. So, all right. So, anyhow, at the end of the day, I, this episode is stupid. At the end of the day, they go to court, right? Because they're trying to get this testimony in from the the ex wife, right? As well as from the first responder. Um, and then the prosecution comes with a a plea, plea deal, deal, a proposal, essentially that if he would will agree to get 18 months of probation and stay clean for those 18 months then what will happen is is that at the end of the 18 months the aggravated battery will fall off but he will be convicted of reckless conduct which is a misdemeanor um and then he would need to pay the victim in this case tim ten thousand dollars now with that proposal would you take it you know i don't know i think that he he could have had a solid case I think he could have proven that it was self-defense. But I get why he would take it. Because, you know, we've experienced that. Where I'm not going to try to go through all that trial situation. Let me just take this because it's just the easier route. You know, it avoids having to be put through all of that. Or they can get a juror like you who's opposite and actually really think he did it. And then he's stuck with... True. The potential that that juror is able to influence the other juror. I think that that the people really listen to our podcast, and that's why they don't put me up as <laughs> as jury because. So anyhow, that's how that particular episode ended. So wait, but did you say what he did? You didn't say. He accepted it yeah, because he, he wanted his it. job. At the end of the day, yeah. because he had this pending felony, he lost his job, which required a clearance. A clearance, and yeah. so now. With this particular deal, he would be able to get his job um, and not have to worry about issues with the clearance. So he took it. And that's how it ended. And I guess they lived happily ever after. What would you have done? Because I wouldn't have taken it. Have to pay you $10,000? I would have took it and just filed bankruptcy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) That's what I would have did, okay? Well, who knows, right? We probably did exactly that. Because uh, he hasn't been working since it happened because he lost the job. So Exactly. They really didn't say how they were actually like supporting themselves. Yeah. All right. So that is the episode, episode 86, that my neighbor or protected myself. Again, I did not particularly like this episode, but this is season three, episode two of... You haven't liked anything since Accused, guilty, or innocent. All right. So I am... Let me put it full on me. I am... Sean, the one and only. Ha! Support black shit. Bam! All right, and I am joined by Denise. You want to say anything to the people? Thank you again for listening to us and keep putting your comments. Just be nice to us. It's our opinion. Doesn't mean you have to agree. Mm-hmm. And I will put all of the links of everything that we have below here all right so until next time make sure that you continue to drink listen and converse peace and love bye peace out hoes